Welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, CEO of the Executive Connection. We connect leaders with a trusted network of people who help them succeed. It's wonderful to virtually see Stephanie again. I would like it to be in the studio, but soon, right? Soon. Very soon. I think this is the last one not in the studio. I'm very excited. So who are you talking to today? So today, Leah, I'm talking to Mark Puncher, and we've got a very relevant and interesting topic on employer branding. So Mark, he's an employer branding and culture specialist. Mark's run employer branding and marketing communications operations in the UK and Australia for recruitment and media organisations and loves helping fantastic, imperfect organisations bring their stories to life to attract and retain their future superstars. Love it. Mark Puncher, welcome to Tech Live. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. And a topic, I know we've spoken before and I love your passion and enthusiasm for this. All right, let me hit you with something. You've got a marketing background. Is this just marketing by some other name? (laughs) <laughs> Great question. Um, look, it, there, there's some fundamental marketing principles that can be deployed for great employer branding, but um, I would argue absolutely not. Um, the, the, the fundamental is this is about people, your people. Um, first of all, you know, um, marketing for product or marketing to consumers, um, it is about a purchase of some kind. Um, here we're talking about a decision for your job, for your career. Um, given how much time we spend at work, given how much time we, uh, we spend thinking about work and given how much we're affected by our work, I think it's a much deeper and more complex uh, situation. Okay, so why don't we have a chat about what employer branding is and then it, there's got to be some topics about how it's relevant now or what the challenges are now in this world we find ourselves in. So give us the one-on-one, Mark. What's good employer branding look like? Well, look, actually, it's hotly disputed. There are plenty of people and agencies out there that will talk about campaigns. They'll talk about uh, PR and good news stories in the media about your organization. Um, I I disagree fundamentally, as as you probably would expect me to say. Employer branding is about understanding who you want to have in your organization, who you want to work for you, really understanding and connecting with the people you already have shaping the culture that you have in the organization and your talent offer Mm -hmm. and then really articulating that and amplifying it so that you can a attract the people that you need b ensure that they are joining you with their eyes open and as engaged in about the challenges as as the nice stuff um, and and see that you can retain those people but not just retain them you know people stay in a job because they're too afraid to leave or because they've got a lot going on in their life but actually keep them engaged and inspired to perform. That's what great employer branding is, but it starts with understanding your people. I love that. And I'm hearing understanding your people and your culture. Mm. And so it might be understanding the people you have now, but you'd really have to be understanding where you're taking the business. So you're understanding what you're looking for. That's right. I I think, you know, I think the biggest issue uh, that, that employers have or the biggest mistake they make around anything, not just employer branding, but recruitment, for example, is they feel the need to be perfect. So they feel the need to show this wonderful product that is come and work for us. You know, you see these job ads, make a difference, supportive culture. It's all just the same old nonsense. Career opportunities, massive career opportunities. Unparalleled growth opportunities, just absolute (laughs) nonsense. And and the market knows, candidates know not to believe you. What we need to do is to, particularly for leaders, 
You know, my message is get comfortable with the fact that you are fantastic imperfect. Yeah. Be comfortable with the fact that you are not going to be a great choice for everyone. And that is okay because the people who aren't going to uh, really benefit from your talent offer, the people who aren't um, going to love working for you are also the people who aren't going to thrive in your organization. This is a relationship, a deep relationship. So again, understand who you're right for, understand what matters to them and try and really serve that and, and deliver that. But don't try and be everything to everybody. I really like Pat Lenchoni talks about in a recruitment process, killing someone with sincerity. You know, <laughs> you're looking for your next career step in the next three months and to really, then this isn't the role for you. Yet, if you're looking for bang, 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 then that's what it is. So is that kind of what I'm hearing from you? Oh, that's exactly it. And, and you know what? The market, and when I say market, candidates respect you for the honesty. Yeah. We've yeah. produced some amazing videos and written stories with employers where you have a leader saying, if what matters to you is X, Y, Z, maybe we're not the right choice. But if you care about this, uh, one example, you know, and it's not just it's not just you offer it or you don't think about growth or development or progression. Right. Yeah. That can mean lots of different things in some organizations that can mean learning and development. It can mean really wonderful uh, acceleration of your knowledge, enrichment of skills in others. There's not formalized training, but there is a huge opportunity to jump in, grab it, own it and, and have your resume say, wow, I did that. Yes. My own little organization, we're pretty small, uh, we've grown pretty fast, but the, the big thing we offer around that is, again, that opportunity to learn alongside really experienced leaders because you sit next to us and the chance to grab hold of this thing, own it yourself and build a resume on the back of it. What we don't offer is conferences every other week. You know, that's yeah. just not something that we can International travel, well, no one's offering that, but yeah. So I've heard about understand your culture, defining what good looks like for you or what you're looking for being authentic, what else is important when you're building a, a whole story about your business? Well, the, the, the unsung hero is process. So often in business and strategy, that's what it is. Nobody wants to really talk about it, but it is, is quite a, a fundamental thing to sort of understand, you know, make the plan, start with that audience who are we trying to engage. How are we going to go out there and start a conversation with them? How are we going to continue that conversation? How can we add value to this audience? So not just a plan and a strategy, but actually what is the process? Who's going to do what and when? And how do we embed this as standard rather than just a heavy lifting strategic project? Right. Okay. So that's that's really interesting. You're getting here into recruitment then as well, aren't you? It's not just the front end. A hundred percent. You know, the focus here is, is, is um, and this is what I sort of talk about quite a lot. It's not about... Um, employer branding in its own right as its own sacrosanct discipline you know yeah. it is a skill and it is an art but it it, 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 it touches everything and, and the way I think about it is not through the organization's process recruitment retention employee engagement I think of it through the, the journey of the employee so the candidate journey pre-application all the way through to actually saying yes that onboarding those early few weeks that are so critical and then what happens is, as somebody progresses to the organization all the way through to what happens when they leave um, really healthy businesses, you know, you can normally see it and how well they exit their levers. So who owns this then in the business? Who, because I, at first you're thinking, oh, well, it's marketing because it's the stories and the pictures and whatever's on the website. Then I'm kind of thinking, well, it's head of recruitment or talent management. Then I'm, so who owns this? Well, I'm going to say uh, something 
a little bit controversial here, but who owns people in the organization? Who should be most accountable for having the right people in the organization and having them feel connected and performing? The CEO. Yeah. It's the CEO. And, and, and I'm not saying that the CEO needs to do it, do everything. Uh, it is about empowering people. But for me, the, opera the operational side of it is combining people and culture, talent attraction and recruitment, if that's separate, and yeah. marketing and comms. Yeah. So that stuff is really important. But actually, the accountability stops with the CEO. We, every exec team meeting, first item on the agenda should be people. people. So when you're talking then about um, doing that employee experience map from before they even join you right through till they, they leave you or return or refer other employees, that's an exercise then that I'm hearing the CEO needs to own and then there'd be a lot of people in the organization involved in that. Absolutely. And we know that, you know, owning doesn't mean doing everything. Again, I know that CEOs have a lot on their plate and yeah. most of them, if they're anything like me as a CEO, they're being capable of much of the detail anyway. But the inspiration, the prioritization, the expectation, you know, if you're sitting there with a small business and your HR manager does everything, recruitment, payroll, office parties, bringing in the biscuits, then you've missed, you've, you've missed the point. You know, employee, you know, what is it Richard Branson says, you know, look after the employees and they'll take care of the customers. Um, you know, it's, obvi it's, it's obvious, right? So, yes. but why are we, why don't CEOs know their organization's talent strategy? Why isn't there one? You know, that even if you've got a small business, even if you're not recruiting that often, I'd argue, especially if you're not recruiting that often, you need a talent strategy because when you do need to recruit, you're not mobilized. You know, you, you know, in terms of employee engagement, if you've got people leaving and you don't really know why, we'll find out, you know, understand what's going on. You said a magic word before, and that was attracting mm -hmm. people. Because, you know, since McKinsey spoke about a war for talent in, I think 2000, it's never changed. It's never changed. And the biggest challenge for CEOs, small businesses, businesses, whoever's, whoever's doing it, is finding and attracting the right people. So how can employer branding help you attract people? That's a great question. I will say, you know, McKinsey with the war for talent, the new one is the great resignation, which is happening in the yeah. US and Europe. And yeah. they're saying we'll probably come here early next year. Um, look, I, I don't love the hype of those phrases. Um, yeah. but, and, and, you know, the reality is we've always had these same issues. Um, so, so not only attracting great people, but keeping the ones you have. Um, I, I think to answer your question though, around the attraction piece, employer branding, you know, it, it's a really simple way to think about it. If you want to sell a product, if you want to bring clients on board, you don't do it just by pitching all the time. Here's our product, here's the price, buy it. Mm. So if your LinkedIn feed basically just says, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring, do you want the job? You've missed the point completely. It is about taking a longer term view, a more strategic view. It is not about softening your focus. This should be absolutely tangible in terms of ROI. But where it can help you is, and we talk about three levels, employer branding, recruitment marketing, and recruitment advertising. Recruitment advertising is fantastic. It's so important that your ads are great, that they really speak to the audience, that, that you're getting in front of people with it. But they should be the conversion point. They should be the fluctuation in your conversation upwards. Right. Um, what you need to do with employee branding is, first of all, again, get the deep insights and understanding, then build that into the right proposition and the messaging, and then get that content and storytelling out there, which is just a fundamental part of talent attraction, that 
essentially ensures that you are front of mind for the talent that you want, mm. just like with customers. You know, that most businesses who sell stuff, the goal is to have customers and potential customers be aware of you, yeah. to drive up the brand awareness, to drive up the brand appreciation, and then convert that into sales. Apply the same principles. Engage the talent that you want for the future now. Have that conversation. Be front of mind. Um, and then convert that. And, and even if somebody has never heard of you before, a lot of small businesses listening to this, I feel your pain, but you do have a great opportunity to be David in the David and Goliath situation here because you can, you know, you can really showcase your culture without having to, you know, have five steering groups and <laughs> go through lots of committees. And how do you do that in a way that, you know, you've spoken about LinkedIn and in a way that's going to have you noticed because something that I fully flip past on my LinkedIn feed is congratulations to our team winning the da -da 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 award <laughs> at the award ceremony. And there's a lot of awkward people in a semicircle <laughs> kind of at an event. Yeah. How, how can you really get cut through yeah. on a platform like LinkedIn then to be showcasing the way you operate with your team? There's a, there's a fundamental question that you should ask yourself before you post anything on LinkedIn, whoever you are. Will they care? Yeah. Will the audience that's looking at this care? And, and, and part of that is what's my actual motivation? If your motivation of putting the post up about your people winning an award is actually to say, aren't I amazing or isn't my company amazing? Um, you, again, you've got it wrong. Genuine content of, let's say, employers or leaders talking about a team showcasing these amazing people and why they choose to work for your organization and then getting out of the way that will cut through. The other point that's really we're seeing a lot of, um, increasingly in Australia and New Zealand, but it's been going on in Europe and the US for a long time, is user-generated content. So employees who are out there off their own back with their own voice, talking about why they do what they do, and that stuff really cuts through. Last sort of very practical tip around that, will they care? Nobody cares about a day in the life, then Ted turns the machine handle and then he does this and then, Steffi gets her bar chart out. Nobody cares. What we want to talk about is the human and their story. That is, that is what is actually powerful. People want to talk about people. People want to read about people. People want to see people. So let's keep going down this path. There's, there's LinkedIn. And so I'm hearing about people, again, authentic and great if it comes from the team. They're, they're really good stories. Uh, what other avenues have you got? I guess you've got your website. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts. I mean, you know, the, the, the career site is very important on the overall website. We, we talk about the shop front, first of all. So um, the way I always think about it is a, a, a great candidate sees your job ad. Let's say they've never heard of you before. First yeah. thing they're going to do before they even get to, you know, paragraph four or bullet point six is, is to actually go and check you out. They'll Google you. So what comes up? Google you. Google yourself now. Google the company name and careers or jobs LinkedIn, or whatever. Straight up. LinkedIn and then exactly. the so, and LinkedIn, yeah. you know, plenty of the jobs boards, they're all trying to steal your traffic and dominate. Um, so, so your career site really matters. And the more you can put fresh content that's well optimized for SEO, search engine optimization, the better. But think beyond that as well. And it's not just LinkedIn. For a lot of employers listening to this, you know, LinkedIn can be more effective than you might think for, for example, aged carers or, you know, hospitality staff. So there's lots of um, power there still. But what about Facebook? What about Instagram? What about TikTok? There's lots you can you can do there. The, the dreaded word TikTok, which sends shivers down the spine. That's horrifying. Um, but 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 also think beyond that. Think about especially if you're in local areas, regional areas. Think about local. 
think about, um, you know, I, I'm still a fan of the local notice boards, still a fan of the community groups. Um, what about your own people as word of mouth? So how do you pull together? Well, a couple of things. One thought is you want to make sure all your team has a good look and story on LinkedIn, don't you? Uh, absolutely. But you, again, I'd argue don't try and um, curate the authenticity, as I say. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you can do a good plan, you can set this stuff up, but for example, telling people what to say, sending around posts that people should post, just not cool. You know, it's not going to work. It's, it's never going to cut through. I think it's about, um, I mean, my, my view, first of all, is that somebody's LinkedIn profile is their own. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's about giving them an opportunity and a voice and encouraging people. One of the things that we help organisations with is we build um, advocacy teams or storytelling teams. Yeah. So employees from across the organisation who come together and share stories and they talk about what content they want to create and share with the goal of attracting great people to work alongside them and with a goal of really, you know, amplifying and, and embedding great culture. I was going to, uh, as you were talking there, Mark, I was thinking that must be culture building to include your employees in what are we like here and who do we want to bring in that's like Absolutely. and it's got to help employees then refer other people if they're clear on what you're looking for you know what i hear all the time organizations saying especially smaller ones saying once they come once they get in here they love it but how do i get them in here well this, this is how you do it and and, and you've, you've hit the nail on the head i think it's it's saying not not separating recruitment from employee experience or culture, melding the two. Mm. When you can connect with your people and keep improving the organization and involving your people in that journey, everything else will start to take care of itself. Then it is just that wonderful process piece of, of um, I guess, you know, embedding the system, the rhythm to make this stuff happen. Mm, really interesting. I think we have to touch on the great resignation. It's getting some airtime, isn't it? It's it's kind of yeah. a thing. When all the small and medium-sized business owners and leaders I'm talking to are desperate to find talent, this kind of sounds a bit counterintuitive. What's going on? What's this about? Uh, well, it, it's a bit like a sports game, right? You're, you're so busy trying to score goals and then you let three in at the other end. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, and, and it's hard, you know? The, there's, there's quite a lot going on here. I think, you know, obviously, employers who aren't great employers for the people they're targeting and they're talking to employees who don't um, deliver that great customer experience employee experience excuse me um, are going to struggle and, and you know what rightly so this should be a catalyst to improve your organization and not to be perfect but just to really connect um, so there's that, that that people for example who were treated pretty badly uh, during covid by their employer now's the time when they'll jump ship and they won't have any qualms about leaving in the lurch um, and if you expect loyalty from people that you haven't truthfully shown loyalty to, then you're dreaming. There's something that's a lot more, I'm going to say unfair, though, and it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. There's a malaise, you know, and I feel for, I'm based in Brisbane and feel very lucky and grateful. Um, I, I, I really feel for those in, in Melbourne and Sydney and elsewhere. Um, there is a malaise, there is unhappiness, and rightly so. There's people really struggling. Even people who are struggling and who have it okay relative to others yeah, yeah. Yeah. are fed up. They're sick of it. And, and and like, you know, we're humans, we take that out on someone, someone yeah. or something. Usually we take it out on our, our job and our employer. We're fed up with it. So that malaise is driving a desire to just change. And the fundamental point is it's not just, oh, I'll switch this job for a similar job. It's people going, you know what? I don't want to work this hard. Mm. I, I don't want to do a full-time week 
I want to I want to work half the hours. I'm going to find a new way to, to make an income. I'm going to settle for a lower income. You know, we, for years we had this thing. We basically traded in uh, our time and our energy in, in order to buy things, a big house or a bigger house um, that, you know, that jewelry, fashion, whatever. What's happening is people are saying, actually, I'm, I'm going to rethink that trade and that transaction. I'm going to have less. Um, so that I can work less, so, so that actually I have more in terms of my lifestyle and what I have. So, so biggest advice, it's a big thing to say, but the biggest advice to employers is rethink. Rethink your talent offer. If you think that people can't work from home in your organisation, in many cases, you're probably wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, there are some roles where the employee needs to be in a certain place. If you think you can't do flexible working of any kind, then, then, then you're wrong. You know, there are always ways to find new, new approaches. And you're going to have to. Because the way people work, what they expect, what they want, what they will tolerate has changed and it's going to keep changing even more. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And, and I love my conversations with Maya Paleka from Juggle Strategies about exactly this. Well, the future of work, I mean, it seems so cute, the conversations we had in 2019 uh, compared with what we're having now. And I think as a leader, it's about being very intentional about the future and not just letting it land or you just stumble through I think it's a great opportunity for employers to take stock now and say well this is what we've been through this is what we've learned and what I'm hearing from you Mark it's then how can we integrate this as part of our offering that's going to be appealing to my own team but future team members absolutely right and the biggest Mm. tip is break down the barrier stop doing it in a closed room for the people and about the people involve them yeah yeah. Let's talk as a team about what this business can be and how we're going to get there. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what you need in order to thrive. You know, it's a classic story I tell, you know, working from home is a great example. It used to be a gift yeah. from an employer or a manager to an employee. You've worked really hard. So this Friday you can work from home. And there was an unwritten kind of understanding that it was kind of a slack day that they weren't going to do as much. Mm-hmm. Absolute nonsense. You know, it, it, it went during COVID and it is during COVID a necessity. So employers are relying on their staff to to keep going and giving. And we know all the data shows that consistently people are giving even more, sometimes too much. Mm. What it actually is, is an opportunity. Mm an opportunity to attract talent that you might not normally be able to get. The classic mm-hmm. traditional stereotype is the mother returning to work. How much talent have we lost for years and years and years because we don't mm-hmm. embrace that and, and, and create enable that in an organization. It, it is also an opportunity for people to be well, to be better, yeah. to feel connected, not just grateful. I'm grateful because you let me work part-time. What nonsense. Actually, I have the arrangements I need, the hours I need, the work flexibility I need to really nail my job to Mm. help this organization succeed but that comes from trust and understanding Mm. there's a real rewriting of the psychological contract that Mm. is happening and really needs to happen now I I think yeah and employees have got away with it for a long time and I don't mean to be mean and unkind because it's hard you know I run my own business it's really hard yeah But, um, but but the truth is that you know and, and it's, this isn't, yes, the market will change at some point. I think it will become less candidate driven, but it won't change that much. No. You know, and, 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 and COVID has left a mark and is going to leave a mark. And combining with societal factors where there are lots and lots of ways to earn an income and yes. where maybe we finally self-actualized or many people self-actualized to the point of saying, you know what, I don't need to earn that much at this cost. 
Interesting. So with all that in mind and everything we've learned, I've learned a lot in the last 25 minutes. <laughs> so this is putting you on the spot, Mark. Top, <laughs> top five tips for setting up or getting yourself in the right place for a really strong employer branding proposition. Sounds uh, like a good challenge to take on. Thank you. I will, I'm, I'm going to count on my fingers. I'm going to. I'm obviously going to say, uh, and I am of course biased, but use a partner if you can. There's no doubt you will get better results and so on. It'll be easier for you. But let me focus these on if you can't. Let me focus these on if you've got no budget, no time, whatever else. You just want to get started and do something. Number one, ask your people why they work for you. Mm. Why do you keep coming back? You know, um, what What if you left tomorrow, what wouldn't you miss? <laughs> what would you miss? So just next 10 people you talk to, just ask them. You will learn a huge amount and make sure they know you're sincere. So ask them and listen. The next thing you should do, I think, is pull up those job ads you've got. Um, if anybody's interested, go on YouTube and search EB Translate, all one word, and you'll find a little video we put together taking the mickey out of job ads. The cliches that are in your job ads right now, most people in Australia, it's just hilarious. Competitive remuneration, what a great way to, put, to tell people you don't pay very much. Um, you know, um, supportive, supportive culture, what does that mean? Fun culture means it's not very fun here. So, so um, go and check that out, but, but bring up those job ads. The answer isn't to suddenly create something lofty and, and um, aspirational actually understand apply what your people have told you about what why they work for you and put that into your job ads that's number two um, number three build a plan um, around how you're going to engage with talent not to fill the role you currently have but to actually make recruitment easier and get better results for the next two years so it doesn't it can be on a napkin it can be on one page but number one on that plan is who are we actually trying to engage once you understand those people better, those audience segments or those personas, those typical people that you know should thrive with your organization, you'll be able to actually consider your pitch to them and how that works together. Um, so that's number three. Uh, number four, storytelling. So content, content, content. So uh, we help organizations with this stuff all the time, but even on your own, don't just put out a job ad. Put out a job ad and have a, have a story from somebody in your organization who's doing the job. Hey everyone, we're hiring right now for an X. Uh, into this role um, uh, here's a story from somebody who actually you'll work you'll sit next to if you join this organization about why they choose to work for us here's a video short smartphone video from a hiring manager saying why, why they're actually looking forward to hiring this role right now what they think is exciting and, and what they're looking for so that's number four that's storytelling and content and, and number five is measure measure wherever you can something that you know so few organizations do well is score candidates even if you don't have intricate systems and so on, even if you count how many people you have who are not an immediate thumbs down. We know that when we recruit, we get a lot of people who we reject quite quickly and hopefully that's done respectfully and so on. But um, just at least understand how many people are we attracting that we're considering, that we shortlist and look at how that changes over, the over time. Because all of this thing, if you're going to put time into this, if you're going to put energy into this, if you're going to put money into this, you need to see results. That was so interesting and uh, some great learning there. And as always, I say, if you're listening to this, go back and listen again and get those, get those five top tips, Mark. I love that question. If you left tomorrow, what wouldn't you miss and what would you miss about the organisation? That was really, really good. Thank so you. Mark, can, I give you, can I give you one follow-up on that when they answer? No. When, they, when they answer you, 
don't let it stop there because they, they won't tell you the truth the first time. Oh, yeah, right. So what they'll say is, oh, I really miss the people. I love the people. My response when we interview people for this stuff is, is come on, everyone says that. Either sell it harder or tell me the truth. And they'll usually go, no, 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 really. And then it's saying, okay, what does that mean? What are the people like then? What is it you'll miss about the people? You know, I, I, I love it because I make a difference. How do you make a difference? What does it feel like to make a difference? We, this isn't a, a, a Q&A lip service checkbox. You know, it, it is about a deep understanding. That's really interesting. Really interesting. So apart from the top five, I've learned, well, I've learned a lot, but I think the main takeaway from this, Mark, is that this is an end-to-end -end consideration, mm. that, that it's about defining who you're after, being very clear on what you look like internally. It's about the experience of people that are coming into your organisation and the people that you do want to retain in your organisation. And as everything, it, it really needs to come back to leadership and the role of the CEO in, in driving and living this all the way along. Mark, that has been such an interesting conversation. And Mark Puncher, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I love your work. Discover more about tech at tech.com.au.